Welcome. You're listening to Gravity Healthcare Hacks with your host, Melissa Brown, Chief Operating Officer from Gravity Healthcare Consulting and self-professed healthcare nerd. Monthly, we will provide industry expertise and tips to help keep your feet firmly on the ground in the world of healthcare. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast today. Is it time to throw away those masks and embrace air quality? I am thrilled to have our guest with us today, as this is a deeply personal thing for me, and I was really excited to hear the research that could potentially give us options other than the masking we've been under for the last several years. With me today is Dr. Catherine Warlow. She is the founder and owner of Life Air Systems. Welcome, Dr. Warlow. Thank you very much, Melissa. It's a pleasure to be here. So let's just start right off the bat. Tell us a little bit more about what Life Air Systems is and and what you do there, how you got involved. Well, Life Air Systems, actually the genesis of of our company and our technology uh, originated to solve a problem. And it was a problem that took us about 10 to 15 years to understand. And the problem was that of, of air quality and its impact on patient care. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was fortunate enough to serve as a clinical provider of human in vitro fertilization mm-hmm. and did so probably for just over 20 years, just help, trying to help uh, individuals, couples, you know, realize their dream of having a family. And, and as I said, just um, was completely honored to be a part of, of that process. And throughout the years, we learned the significance of air quality on our ability to consistently culture the human embryo Hmm. outside of the body for six days. I mean, that's a daunting task. Mm -hmm. And we actually did so in a clean room. And what we learned over a 10-year period was really the airborne metrics that were significant uh, to consistent and improved clinical pregnancy rates. And once we learned what box of air that is, if you will, uh, I went to the CEO of our hospital and said, I think we have finally figured it out. And he said, great. He gave me a blank check. Hmm. The only, the only one of my life, Melissa, (laughs) he gave me a blank check and said, uh, purchase an air purification system that, you know, will, will remove this variable, will remove this variable as a negative influence on patient care. And to my shock, there was nothing available for me to purchase. So here we are. We know this is an issue. Uh, We know what we need to remove from the environment. Uh, Low-level chemical pathogens, bacteria, fungi, viruses. And we were already in a clean room environment. Mm -hmm. We we now knew what we, we needed to achieve. And there was nothing I could purchase to solve the problem. So this honestly, to me, was personally and professionally unacceptable. The fact that we knew of a variable that was impacting our patients and the level of care we could offer, but there was nothing we could do about it. So that was that's what started Lifer Systems. Mm-hmm. So we, I pulled together physicists and carbon chemists and clean room engineers and said, all right, let's work backwards. Here's the box of air we need to produce. No matter what else is happening in the space, this is what has to come out of the system. Let's work backwards and make it happen. And it can't produce um, any byproduct, any byproducts or intermediate molecules. I mean, Murphy's Law, you remove nine pathogens, you produce one, and that one could be more impactful. Mm-hmm. So 
It took several years, obviously, but we designed a system. Then as a scientist, I wanted clinical studies to prove that it delivered what we thought um, and to show the impact. And really it, it was just, you know, going from a clinical provider in human IVF to identifying the significance of air quality to learning there was nothing I could purchase for our patients to trying to solve the problem. And that was really the start of Layfair. Wow, that's amazing. And, you know, I think there's been so much more of a concentration on air quality with this current situation we're in with COVID and with the triple endemic, triple pandemic happening right now. And um, I'm just curious to hear sort of what distinguishes you from some of the others out there that say they're purifying air and maybe don't really have the research to back it. I, I read your white paper and it says in there that Life Air is the only system developed to provide 24-7 kill and remediation of all airborne bacterial fungal and viral pathogens responsible for facility acquired infections and illness during the live operation in presence of long-term care staff and residents. So you recently completed some of this riveting research around air quality that supports this claim. So what was your impetus for doing the study beyond being a scientist? What did you hope to prove? What did you want to prove? Well, the incentive of the study is actually, as a scientist, it's unavoidable. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have to lead with data and our entire team leads with data and thus our company leads with data. We will not launch anything without an IRB approved study uh, and peer review publications. So, you know, and, and it, it's and it usually involves a, many sets of eyes on the mm -hmm. study because, you know, the the accuracy of a study is primarily in the front end of designing it. So you want to design it so that you minimize variables that could inaccurately influence the data. Um, so it, it, it was really unnatural that we did initially, you know, clinical studies in human IVF when the system was first designed. Mm -hmm. And then Melissa, because our technology was originally designed to protect the human embryo, which is one of the, the most sensitive endpoints in all of human physiology. So because it was designed to protect the human embryo, we set the bar very high. So one of the design bars, if you will, for our technology was that we, we wanted our system to kill, not capture, but kill the anthrax spore. Wow. We, we chose that as our target, not because fortunately we were concerned with anthrax, but because that is the single most difficult biological to kill. Hmm. So if you can kill the anthrax spore, you provide a nine log kill. So six log is sterility, a nine log kill of all of the other bacteria, viruses, and fungi that do concern us. You know, C. diff, MRSA, obviously COVID, influenza, RSV, all of those. And so the, with the design of our system so robust, we started, we were approached by hospitals and senior living facilities, at, you know, asking, could the technology by completely removing all airborne pathogens, which cause illness and cause infections, facility acquired or healthcare acquired infections, could the installation of our system reduce the illness and infection by their, you know, of their patients or their senior living residents? So we designed two independent studies 
at two very large healthcare facilities, um, one in a hospital, one in a senior living setting. And I'll just talk about the senior living setting itself. Um, we had one floor of residents, both were memory support residents, okay. um, both floors. One floor was protected by the life air technology and the control floor was protected by what was in existence and is accepted and proven HEPA filtration. The study was 15 months long um, and the etiology, the residents very similar, the staff were the same, their SOPs were the same. You know, we, we made sure that everything was in lockstep and was as consistent between the two floors as possible. And after statistical analysis of the data, the life air protected floor, those residents had a reduction in infections and illness by 39% over the HEPA protected floor. And the reason for this drop, our goal was, was very, our goal was very singular. We wanted to remove the kill. And again, I'll explain when I, why I say kill, not capture. We wanted to remove completely comprehensively kill all infectious airborne pathogens in their space. And by doing that, you're removing a very common vector of illness. Mm -hmm. So if you have one floor that's completely devoid of air, infectious airborne pathogens, and you compare it to another floor that, that still has, despite HEPA protection, has a large number of infectious airborne pathogens, you've removed a vector of illness on one floor and not on the other. And that, that was the, the largest Delta difference uh, in their 39% reduction in illness and infection. The second thing that, that occurred that honestly we were not looking for, uh, but the long-term care facilities shared the data with us, there was a 47% reduction in staff call-outs on the life care floor. Wow. So not only were the residents remaining healthier and thus quality of life, I mean, you want them to stay there. You don't want to admit them to the hospital. Mm -hmm. um, the staff were healthier. So that entire floor over a 15 month period um, benefited tremendously. Absolutely. You know, let's kind of unpack both of those data points because those were really um, jaw dropping for me when I first read the white paper. So almost a 40% reduction in respiratory illness. And I love the way you designed the study because if it was two separate buildings or if it was the same provider, but different levels of care, you know, maybe one was skilled nursing, another was memory care or something like that, but they're both memory care. They share staff. They're literally a floor apart. I think that's as close as you can get to an accurate control group. Mm -hmm. And you still achieved almost 40% reduction in respiratory illness. And, you know, at the time of this recording, we're right in the heart of the, the triple demic and everybody is thinking about anything we can do to stop the, the spread of respiratory illnesses. So what would you say to a senior living provider that needs to convince his, CE, his or her CEO or their board, you know, we need to invest in life care. You know, what are your thoughts about the respiratory illness and how important this is not only for today in the middle of the triple demic, but for the future? Well, I think one thing the pandemic has taught us is the resiliency of the virus. Mm -hmm. I mean, their mission in life is to mutate to survive. Mm -hmm. So the only way to solve the issue is to completely destroy or remove the virus. And, and again, that's what our, our, our system is, is that and other things is what our system was designed to do. And the reason I've mentioned kill, not capture, and this is what we share with, with providers of senior living. 
Uh, there are a lot of technologies out there, and you, you asked me this a little bit earlier, that are more of capture technology. So they're going to capture the bacteria, the fungi, and the viruses. But what, what we learned ourselves in our own healthcare space is that when those you know, bacteria, fungi, and viruses are captured by the filter above the space you're trying to protect, they can continue to grow. So they're continuing to proliferate above the space you are desperately trying to protect. To grow, they only need two things, food and water. Food is often the other organics that are captured. Water is just the humidity in the air. So they're continuing to grow right above your space and then allowing them the opportunity to enter that space. So having suffered the clinical consequences of that filtration model, uh, that's why we we set out to, we wanted a technology that would penetrate the cell wall of the bacteria, fungi, and viruses and destroy the RNA and DNA. Wow. So therefore rendering them completely non-infectious. And that's one of the premises of the technology. So that sets us apart as well as uh, it's proven not to produce ozone, which a lot of the products out there today do. That can be harmful, especially to elderly residents with COPD hmm. or, or stressed res respiratory systems. Um, a lot of the products out there, unfortunately, produce different byproducts or intermediate molecules. And our system was actually uh, tested by Penn State University main campus to produce nothing. Wow. So there are a lot of differences just, and, and, and all of, most of these came from our design wish list, if you will, because we knew what we had tried. We knew what worked, what didn't work. And so we, we put together kind of the ultimate wish list in the design of this technology. Um, and so I think in talking with the executives of a senior living facility, we would talk about the reasons why the system was designed, specifically how it differs and how it's unique. And then it's backed by IRB approved studies and peer reviewed publications. And one more thing, Melissa, <laughs> all of our testing and publications are done in a fully operational setting. So we don't test the life air technology in a small room that has no one in it or in a, a, a small space, mm -hmm. all of our studies, 100% of our studies are during live, you know, live activity. So you have your residents there, you have your staff there, you have family there. Mm -hmm. So all of our air testing that we've done, the surface swabbing, the clinical results that I've shared is all done, you know, with, with full, typical, normal activities and occupancy. Yeah, it really improves the validity of the study for sure. And just such a, such a gold standard. I think that's one of the things that I found myself communicating with different clients along the way who asked for ideas of what to do about their air. And I said, don't, don't just go with someone that says they can do it, make sure they can prove it and, you Absolutely. Know, it in the correct setting that really applies to senior living. And I'm kind of curious to ask you this question. If you look at things from the opposite perspective, um, some people really think that some exposure to germs is good for us. You know, it helps build our immunity. We know that's true and, you know, um, can help prevent some other, you know, maybe negative outcomes. Do you foresee, or have you seen any sort of negative outcome associated with eliminating, killing all of these viruses and germs and bugs? Absolutely not. 
No, because you're protecting them where they where they live. I mean, this is their home. And you know, they're they're still going to be exposed, you know, to outside pathogens. There's they're, they're going to be exposed when people come in to visit them. Uh, you know, they're going to be exposed when they go to a doctor's appointment. No, so there's still adequate exposure if you're concerned about maintaining your immunity. But I think avoiding you know, the consequences of some of these viruses, in particular COVID, we've learned a lot about that. And, and as I said, you know, it's the viruses will continue to mutate. So I, I think it's imperative to protect yourself, you know, whether senior living or a patient, a hospital from where you're residing at that time. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense to just uh, minimize the amount of exposure, yes. not to eliminate it entirely, but to minimize it. So that's a really good explanation. That's very helpful. So let's kind of unpack the other side of, of the key data point from your research, which is that you you redu reduce staff call offs by 47%. That's just an insane number to me. You know, you know, as well as I do staffing in senior living and, and anywhere in healthcare right now is just um, pretty dire. And I think senior living is the worst of all of them. Um it's really an essential point in senior living to be able to reduce staff call-offs. Did you see similar results in your hospital study as well? We did actually, and we're continuing to learn um, as the place in the technology has increased across acute care spaces. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the, um, those in the healthcare setting are sharing with us their staff call-out numbers, which are, which are similar. They, they wow. really are. And, you know, hospitals are struggling with staffing as well. The other thing we've learned from senior living is what they refer to as, as their care failure rate. Mm. The fact that their in-house staff, you know, know their residents the best. It makes sense. You know, they're there, yeah. they're there, you know, on different shifts 24 seven. And, and sometimes if, you know, the staff become ill and they have to bring in outside staff, the staff may not be familiar with the residents or the SOPs or you know, we, we do this with this resident or, or this approach with this resident and it, they've, they've shared it can lead to increased care failure. Um, so that was not part of the study at all, but we're just always listening and learning and, and how can we partner with them, you know, to provide excellence and quality of life for their residents and their staff. Absolutely. It really sounds like a no brainer. So if our listeners are interested in learning more about it, can you talk to us about the installation process and what's involved there, what that looks like? Absolutely. It's, it's all about cubic volume of air. So no matter what size space, our engineers look at the, the you know, what we call your as-built drawings. So we'll look at the size of the space, the dimensions, how many air changes per hour are there, the activities in the space, and then can fairly readily determine which size system is needed um, and which system. I mean, it's not just one system. We really, we really are about form follows function. And what I mean for that is that you may have an OR space that's more concerned about the biologicals, your bacteria, fungi, and viruses, than they are the VOCs. Those are volatile organic compounds. So those are your chemical pathogens, your alcohols, your acetones, your perfumes. Um, if, if they put down a new carpeting and senior living, the adhesives, that can be very um, irritating and toxic to an elderly resident with COPD or an inflamed respiratory system or any type of upper respiratory illness. 
And so an OR might have one type of life or system that's specific to their needs to address their concerns. What we've learned in long-term care is that VOCs are as impactful hmm. as the bacteria and viruses. So your bacteria and viruses are causing the illness and infection. So you need to, re- you need to remove those. But VOCs are, all, are also um, you know, quite impactful to the, the senior living residents. So that's a different type of system. So first, honestly, for me, it's a conversation with uh, the providers, the clinical providers and the, the caregivers about what concerns do they have? And then we work together to say, all right, that's, you know, this system will remediate that and this system will remediate that. And then we hand it to the engineers and say, size a system. And it typically replaces anywhere from four feet up to 11 feet of ductwork. Oh, okay. And we work with, we really project manage and we work with, you know, the engineers, the architects, the HVAC people of that facility. We work with them to help them through the entire process until the system is installed and energized. Wonderful. Wonderful. And, you know, to kind of throw back to, to the title of the podcast, I'm curious to hear, do you think that this type of a system could ever take the place of masking or do you think masking is here to stay both senior living and just in our world and in general? I I think um, our system definitely adds multiple layers of protection um, and it removes uh something that hasn't been demonstrated before. But as I said before, it removes that vector of illness and infection caused by airborne pathogens. But I do think as we are in and out of spaces, you know, whether it be a, a, a busy grocery store or a busy commercial setting, transportation, I, I think it's wise to follow the CDC guidelines mm-hmm. um, just to have an added layer of protection so we consider the life air technology uh, a huge step forward above and beyond implementation of masking, hand washing. None of that should stop. Mm-hmm. But this is an added benefit and bonus of, uh, you know, tremendous protection of, of those in the space and those we love. Yeah, it's interesting to think, too, of the application outside of healthcare, if churches and other community groups and restaurants and stores had systems like this that could remove these pathogens from the air, that could really be a game changer for the rest of us if we ever face another situation like we have, and heaven knows how long COVID and all of the risks we have with that will go on. Um, So it's just really interesting to think about um, different options that we might have even outside of healthcare. And I know, you know, as we've gone through the pandemic, I have had these special MERV 13 uh, HVAC filters in my house, which as you say, capture instead of kill. Just curious to know if you have any thoughts or recommendations for the average homeowner who um, wants to do whatever they can, but maybe maybe Life Air isn't the option for them, or do you recommend Life Air for homes as well? Well, um, I mean, we're very healthcare centric and then, you know, and in the senior living space to protect the residents and the patients. We have had quite a few inquiries about can we use the same technology, but in a smaller version uh, to protect our home? And so when asked, yes, we have, we've worked with homes, private homes, we've worked with churches, we have systems installed in a police station and a physical therapy office. So we, you know, we've worked with um, much smaller settings just to help. 
And it's it's basically it's the same technology, it's the same proven technology, just in a smaller package. Um, we have a one of the smaller versions of the life air system in our home. Mm-hmm. Um, I installed it February of 2020, and it, it was quite easy to do. So, you know, it, if asked, we will definitely definitely help in any way that we can. That's wonderful. It's so exciting what you're doing. And I, I wish you the best of luck as you continue to research. Any final thoughts you want to share with our listeners? Well, this was a pleasure to meet you and to have this podcast. I mean, it's a it's a topic near and dear to my heart because of its impact on patient care and you know quality of life and in residence and senior living. So I just encourage everyone, do what you can to protect yourselves, you know, continue all the CDC guidelines and 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 we're here to help in any way possible. Well, thank you so much for being here and thank you for your research. And if you'd like to learn more about Dr. Warlow or the Life Air Systems, please don't hesitate to reach out to me directly. And you can always find me and Dr. Warlow on LinkedIn. Please let us know how we can assist you. Thank you for joining us. And if you enjoyed today's content, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Remember, it's not just what you know, but how you apply it that makes all the difference. See you next time.